Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Steve and welcome to the Master and Pursuit podcast. And today we've got another edition of the Recovery Ramble series, where I run easy and chat about something. And today that something is resilience. It's a beautiful morning. Blue skies, it's crisp. It's Friday the 22nd of January. And it's much better than yesterday, where I really did need my own resilience. So for this session, we're just going to jog really easy and chat. And like I said yesterday, I really needed my resilience. A whole bunch of things all happened. None in their own right particularly debilitating, but added together, made it all quite hard yesterday. So I had a day, and yesterday was obviously Thursday, had a full on day of homeschooling, which has been going pretty well, but yesterday was not one of those better days. And had a couple of fallouts. you the detail of that. I then went out for a run after school was, school was out. And at the very beginning of my run, I came across a dead stag, a dead deer, which is nothing really, not a big deal, nature happens. But in this instance, this is the same stag that I'd seen a couple of mornings prior, which had been stuck in a fence. His antlers had got caught in some barbed wire. And where it tried to free itself, it tangled itself up even more. And it was in a really distressed state. And if you have ever been close to a deer, I've brought up on a farm, and this deer was similar sort of size to a sheep, but way more powerful. So, sheep get stuck in fences all the time, mainly because they're stupid. But this deer was in a really distressed state, and I couldn't get anywhere near it to help it. And I'd already been told by somebody that they'd called out the forest rangers. So it was really sad this deer was dead and I don't know what happened perhaps it was the only way to free it was to kill it or perhaps it died in the process or from the distress by the way I didn't make for a great start to my run I 
but I carried on picked myself up carried on started recording a session got about halfway through it and uh, got stopped by a couple of guys who asked if I'd seen a lost dog which I had and it was quite a long way from where they were and they'd already been looking for it for about three and a half hours so then basically spent the next morning next 90 minutes looking for their dog in the dark took a tumble in the forest at one point and when I'd seen the poor dog it was really upset it was basically running away from people rather than trying to be caught so it makes it really hard because dogs go into that state where they they're scared of everything they're just trying to survive and think that everything's a threat they almost go wild so it makes it really hard and the forest is obviously massive the dogs can move quickly and chasing it is not an option because you chase it and it you risk running it into roads and we were quite close to the M25 so had to be really careful so that was pretty tough as well being a dog owner myself really feel for the owners and they let it off the lead and which is an increasingly less smart thing to do in the forest because the deer are being pushed around they're moving around a lot because the extra volume of people that are here and they're creating scents that particular types of dogs unpredictably really like and once they're gone they're gone and then of course you add all that to lockdown life record numbers of deaths hospital admissions still high so yeah lockdown life the talk yesterday that I think we all know is happening anyway but that they're looking to get the schools open before Easter remember oh yeah it was previously they were closed until January the 18th then the announcement came that they'd review it in mid-February and now they're making it sound like it's going to be we're going to be lucky if it's before Easter and it's tough it's tough for everyone isn't it that lockdown life parents teachers it's hard obviously key workers other key workers even people in salaried positions accountable to others sitting on zoom calls all day long it's tough and we need our resilience to get through this but the good news for us runners is that we're good at resilience we've built for resilience 
it's what we do. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about resilience in a broader sense. I'm also going to apply it a little to to running. And obviously the situation that we are in. I hope you find it vaguely interesting. And if not, I hope you find my footsteps good enough to send you to sleep because sleep seems to be in short supply for a lot of people at the moment. Some people genuinely use my podcast as a sleep aid. Morning, thank you. So, to kick this off, it's worth just talking about the difference between grit and resilience because I think they can often be confused. So grit is actually about how you sustain interest in long-term goals. How you sustain that interest over a long period of time. But resilience is about how you bounce back from disappointment or from adversity or respond to difficult situations within that. So grit is almost like ploughing on, pushing on through, whereas resilience might be taking a step back to reflect, to learn and to adapt. That doesn't mean that grit is negative because there are definitely times when a a gritty approach is going to lead you to success but not always as we shall see so we'll talk a little bit more about those and the good news about both grit and resilience is it's not about talent you don't nobody's born with grit and resilience Grit and resilience can be learned. And they can be learned through the art and the act of problem solving. Working out how to find solutions. How many times have you looked at a problem and thought, there's no solution to this? Or, I can't see a solution to this. Or, I don't know how to resolve this. yet for a resolution to happen and it happens because we learn we learn and adapt morning so a lot of what resilience and grit are about is the learning process finding solutions and we just need to practice I mean it's not easy I'm saying just these things are never easy but it is about, like everything in life, it's about practice. And from that practice comes experience. And you learn from your experiences. 
scratching through some mud learning that I have to run a bit slower to get through it as I head up onto Belcommon Cricket Field Epping Foresters Cricket Club so experience then can help us solve future problems is a self-fulfilling prophecy the more problems we solve the more adept we become at solving them think of them like a a big Sudoku book who starts off as a they start off easy but they might not feel easy and they get progressively harder as time goes on you pick up techniques thought processes the brain's getting attuned to what you want it to do you get better at solving those Sudoku problems and you get there through a mixture of grit and resilience grit for not giving up when it gets hard resilience for reflecting and adapting as you go oh it's beautiful today just across the Epping New Road heading down towards Rod Stewart's house with Copped Hall on my left a grand old stately mansion in the distance I'm going to run past it in a bit feeling good so it's actually when you get into talking a bit more about grit and resilience it's helpful to describe what they're not as much as what they are so I'm going to try and do that now so grit the first thing that grit is not is it's not about persevering miserably towards your goal whatever that goal may be or whether that goal has been set by you or by somebody else because that's not living that's surviving maybe at best that's surviving but that's the grind isn't it when you're putting the hours in but you're miserable with it or even just slightly unhappy so that's not gritty that might even be called pig-headedness stubbornness as I say there is an upside to grit and I'll talk about that in a bit but by no means does grit mean you should be just getting on with it without reflecting and adapting the second thing that grit or resilience for that matter is not is blind optimism that everything's just going to be okay I found it really interesting that there was Professor Positive, wasn't there? As, as our good old friend Piers Morgan named him. Carol Sakura. The, the guy who across the summer was telling us how things were, were, were improving and would improve for Covid and that we'd all be okay and everything would be fine. 
And while there's a, there is a need in life for positivity and optimism, it needs to be grounded in something because if you're blindly optimistic, you, it can lead to recklessness. It can lead you to thinking that things are just going to be okay when actually you might need to work at them being okay and not just going to happen. And if you take that approach, the it's just going to happen approach, then you miss so many opportunities to adapt and learn and develop for the future. So that idea that we can be relentlessly positive and blindly optimistic is a little bit flawed. It doesn't mean you can't be optimistic, but be reflectively optimistic, cautiously optimistic maybe, but certainly give yourself an understanding of what needs to be done to improve the position you're in rather than just expecting it to happen. And similarly, It's not grit. It's not just about believing that you can do whatever you put your mind to or whatever you've dreamed of just by simply dreaming it. The pandemic, for me, has really put paid to this idea that you can just have everything you want. You can follow and achieve your dreams seamlessly and easily. It is not like that. There are way too many factors beyond your control. That can prevent your dreams becoming reality. It doesn't mean that your dreams won't become reality. It just means it's not easy. It's really not easy. work hard and on that note achieving your goals is not just about believing them and believing you can do it it's also not about talent necessarily or alone there's a few cliches around this but one of them is that talent or hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard which is probably about right but another one that I really like is this idea that if you apply hard work to talent you develop skill and then once you have skill you apply hard work to that and you achieve stuff And in the context of sport, I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. Whether it's ball sport or endurance sport, you know, people spend a lot of time working on their skills. Let's use ball sport for a moment. 
you know, you've got to fine tune your forehand in tennis, your balance on your backhand, top spin, back spin, side spin. You got to work hard to do that at a young age and develop your skill. But it might only be when you start to apply hard work on top of that skill and later in life that you start to achieve. Doesn't want to go with you. <laughs> oh, dog being dragged along. Doesn't want to go that way. Hi, you alright? And I think that applies to runners as well. We spend years crafting, building our skills. That might be our knowledge about what works, what doesn't. It might be our technique, our form. It might also be our mental approach. You build that over time. You build your skills and then you put hard work on top and you achieve stuff and if you go back to my conversation with you and coach you and Cameron and his 2.19 effort at the marathon before Christmas we talked about that that he basically spent you know, two or three years working on those skills that had been slightly dormant since being a very promising junior and then he put the work in in 2020 and produced the result so being resilient and being gritty is not just about talent it's about hard work as well And as we go, resilience is also not about linear progress. We sometimes expect things to get better each time. And when I coach beginners, this is a conversation we often have, which is you're not necessarily going to get better every run on each other or every week on each other and there will be times when you feel like you're going backwards and that's because that progress is not linear it's rarely linear there's usually bumps in the road to navigate but as long as the general trajectory is upwards and your trend line is upwards all is good and running is the sport that teaches you that more than any other I think so in running we can feel good one day terrible the next 
we can have a good race where everything aligns and we not have a poor one where it does we might have a good training block where we feel good and then we might have a poor one and resilience in that context is about understanding that you're going to have these bumps in the road using them as learning opportunities to progress but not allowing them to derail you just about to cross the M25 on the footbridge heading back south into the forest just went past Copt Hall forgot to tell you that and similar to that point it's worth just thinking about the role of each individual activity towards your general progress in life and in your running and resilience is not about focusing overly on each individual session or task I mean, sure, when you're in it, apply yourself to it, concentrate, focus, be in that moment. But if it doesn't go to plan, it's not the end of the world. Because it's the aggregation of all of your activities that lead to your progress, not each individual one in its own right. The individual workouts, the individual tasks, might be good markers of where you're at but it's the aggregation of all the things you do that makes the telling difference and resilience is knowing and understanding that and having faith and resilience can also be about accepting that it's not a weakness to adapt to adjust to change your end goals and it's certainly not a weakness to apologise and often resilience can come from doing just that adjusting adapting your goals to keep yourself on track with purpose you might change the direction of the track a little bit in some language you might pivot a little or you might pivot a lot and you do so in the face of unworkable challenges or perhaps in the face of a pandemic that changes the very basis for which we live and it's definitely not a weakness and it's a strong part of resilience to apologise if you get things wrong because it's actually in that apology that you're able to reflect on what actually did go wrong what you need to put right 
for the future how you need to adapt how you need to evolve and develop but it's increasingly rare as we see in social media which is one of the only real means in which you get to interact with lots of people at the moment and it really isn't failure to adjust your end goals I think it's actually failure if you don't I think it's failure if you push on without adjusting your end goals without recognising any new limitations that have been placed upon your end goals whether that's a cancelled race a an injury an illness a change in your life circumstances as has happened to so many of us recently because it's not changing and adapting your goals that would lead to disappointment disillusionment demotivation despair depression all the D's none of them sound great to me particularly that last one so there's a little bit of a mixed bag about what grit and resilient are and aren't but where are they great where are they useful and grit in particular to start with is brilliant for getting through short term difficult situations and perhaps where the emotional upside of reaching your goal is significant to you and a really good example here of where grit is useful is towards the end of races any race let's pick a marathon though the thing that I love and the thing that is most obvious I mean it gets super hard doesn't it last five or six miles the carb tank has run dry you're trying to burn through that fat as efficiently as possible you're working against your body your brain is telling you to stop but you push on and you push on because of grit and to an extent that can be damaging and an example of that is with Johnny Brownlee or Callum Hawkins at the Commonwealth Games Marathon in Australia where he collapsed with the finishing line in the not too distant future having pushed really hard in hot conditions and Johnny Brownlee had to be picked up by his brother within the last time, 100 or 200 metres of the finishing line of the World Triathlon Championships because he pushed and pushed he'd been so gritty he had just pushed and pushed and that really is all about understanding your why and using the reason why your goal is so important to you your why at a deep 
underlying emotional level enables you to have that grit to push through. Something we talked a lot about in goal setting. But there is a flip side to that grittiness and I just talked about the Johnny Brownlee example where you put yourself in some physical danger. But also that grit, that sense that you have to get plow on, you have to achieve, can lead to some poor short-term decision making. In business, that might be prioritising profit over purpose. Might be compromising a client relationship in order to make a few bucks, for example. And in sport, it can lead to cheating. And in endurance sport, it's a win-at-all-cost mentality that that grittiness can promote. And in endurance sport, that leads to performance-enhancing drugs. And there's no better example of that. Good morning. Morning. No better example of that than Lance Armstrong. Refused to allow anyone to beat him. kept on pushing and pushing and even to the point of refusing to admit that there was a problem now with resilience resilience is great because it allows it allows you to really focus on the long-term process. The cliché of investing in the process comes with resilience. All those things I spoke of earlier, where we need to learn from mistakes or learn and adapt as we go. not focus on individual or specific tasks. Sorry, coming through on your left. Thank you very much. And learning from each challenge that you face along the way and seeing each challenge as a, an opportunity to learn. And in running, one of the things that I talk to people about a lot and I talk to myself about a lot is injury. And injury is a somewhat inevitable byproduct of a runner's lot. They build over time, we don't really notice them until it's getting quite bad. And, and perhaps you don't recognise them until they're getting bad. And it can be dispiriting. And you're left with little choice but to try and rehab and remedy your situation. But a lot of that, I think, is about the mindset you take into that rehab. And one of the things I encourage people to do is think about that as a learning process, both for your mind and also your body. So something's broken down. The rehab is an opportunity for you to get that better 
and to make it stronger so that it doesn't break down again. And if you take that mindset into it that you'll come out of the rehab from an injury stronger, it makes dealing with that rehab a lot easier. And that's resilience. And that long-term focus really is also about learning how to improve not just what you do, but how you do it. How you do it so that you can cope better in certain situations that you come across again. How you can improve the state of your physical and mental fitness. And here, you know, it's worth talking about some more examples that are variously close to me. The first is the England cricket team. I love cricket, you might know that. Fantastic sport. Might not surprise you to know that I love the test match form of the game. Five days of combat, ins and outs, strategic changes, learning and adapting to the conditions and what's going on. But the England cricket team in the one day format in the previous World Cup, which I think was 2015, they were terrible. Total set of disasters from the way they managed the team to the way the team was set up, to the tactics, to their adaptability on the pitch. Total disaster. The next four years, they set about a process of that, changing that and putting themselves into a much different position such that by the time they entered the next World Cup in 2019 they were world leaders at what they did and went on to win the World Cup albeit with a lot of luck involved along the way but what is it that Gary Player once is claimed to have said although some people say it's Arnold Palmer the great golfers of the 60s and 70s yeah I'm sure lucky but it's funny the harder I work the luckier I get and what he means by that is it's not obviously literal he means that by practicing and working on things you put yourself in favourable positions so that things might just go your way a little bit more Another example is Charlotte Purgy, who we know well through the Milestone Pursuit. And she displays amazing resilience in lots of ways. But in particular, long-term focus and um, adapting her goals. And that couldn't be more true for her and many others in her field right now. We talk of whether the Olympics will or will not go ahead this year having been cancelled last year given that it's been her dream to compete in the Olympics for many years and she has learned along the way morning 
So it's not always sensible to invest everything in individual goals because things happen. She's had injuries in training blocks where she's felt brilliant. She's had to put out races, championship races at that, European Championships in 2018 and the World Championships in 2019. She had to put out through injury or difficult circumstances, but she ploughs on. But ploughs on sensibly with resilience, trying to control the controllables. But she learns from those experiences. She's learning. She has learned that you need to control controllables. To invest in the process. And she recognises now that she runs because she loves running as much as because she wants to compete in the Olympics. She loves the process of it. She loves the training. She loves the camaraderie with her teammates and competitors. And the same applies to Ewan, Coach Ewan. We talked about him earlier through 2020. Famously said, I've entered more marathons than I've ever run in a bid to try and compete at something in 2020. And kept on having to move from one captured race to another. Showing great resilience not to give up on the training at any stage and to keep building and eventually get the payoff. Now a lot of this plays back to the ideas we talked about in a previous recovery ramble. I can't remember which number it is now, number six, number seven, I can't remember. Anyway, it, uh, when we talk about goal setting, because goal setting is not just about saying what you want to achieve or even when you want to achieve it. That's just the first st- stage of a five-stage process as I see it. The second stage is understanding why that goal is important to you so that you can determine or you can make decisions along the way about what you do by knowing how important that goal is to you you can be a lot clearer on what those decisions should be the second, the third story is the barriers, there's things in the way of you meeting your goals, what are they? let's acknowledge them let's not just blindly crack on and not see where they are in running that might be that you can only run certain times of the week a certain amount of time because of your lifestyle which may have changed recently for example you then form a plan the fourth stage but the fifth stage and that plan sorry is a a collection of individual tasks that aggregate into a greater whole and the fifth stage is the crucial stage. This is where you review 
your progress regularly along the way and you adapt your plan and your goals as you need to knowing that there is no shame in doing so it's not a weakness to change your plan morning and that for me is what resilience is all about and why runners are good at it because we're changing our plans all the time based on how we feel our fitness our lifestyle the availability of races our competitors we're changing that landscape with amazing regularity And right now, we're at this point in our lives when we need resilience more than ever. It is tough, isn't it, out there? Whether you're homeschooling or Zoom calling, or in fact doing neither of those things. I've got a friend, a wedding photographer friend, who doesn't have children, he lives alone, no one's getting married, he's got no work got nobody to nobody to zoom call with or homeschool and life's pretty hard for him so it's tough for everybody in all sorts of ways so resilience is key and like I say resilience comes from having a plan and adapting and reviewing it regularly so that you can stay on purpose stay with a mission of some description And we need resilience, I think, way more than we need grit. We might need grit to get through homeschool each day, but we need resilience at the end of each day to reflect and learn and adapt for the next day. So we talked about a lot there, as I've fumbled around the forest on a beautiful sunny morning it's actually really helped me helped me think about dealing with the day that I had yesterday and the sunshine's not permanent it helps a lot but it, it'll be grey another day very soon and hopefully having the tools to be resilient, to practice resilience will help me. So I hope that's been useful and interesting, therapeutic, or has helped you to sleep. So thanks very much for joining me. I appreciate you don't have to, you don't have to indulge my ramblings. But if you enjoyed it, perhaps I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.